What's up? Welcome to the Fit Trials Podcast. I'm Tori. I'm an online fitness coach possessed by cultivating fitness transformations. I take the exhausted, tried everything individual and breed them into a healthy lifestyle machine. With guest appearances from other entrepreneurs in all industries, we tackle the trials and tribulations of fitness and business together and have a little fun in between. So if you're ready to level up, let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fit Trials podcast. I've brought on my good friend Kayla. We went to college together. We were in business school together and she is the CEO and founder of Bluebird Hats, the mastermind behind this incredible brand. And I would love her to just kind of share her little mini life business story and introduce herself. Hi, Kayla. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me and working with my crazy schedule to get me on here. I'm so happy to be able to talk to you. Yeah, me too. I'm so excited to have you on. This has been, just so you guys know, this has been in the works for some time and <laughs> both, both of us have been ridiculously busy which is great for the biz but mm -hmm. also we really wanted to get this done so can you tell us so you went from Utah to Nashville and back to Oregon and started yeah. a an apparel brand online in that entire process can you tell us about that adventure <laughs> and what that was like yeah, absolutely. So a little background. Um, I'm from Hood River, Oregon. It's a tiny little town um, on the border of Oregon and Washington. And it's a really active, like windsurfing, skiing, hiking, um, hiking town. So a very little active town uh, is where I grew up. And I grew up skiing, uh, which brought me to University of Utah. I wanted to go to school somewhere that I can enjoy, you know, a, like a work-life balance of playing on the mountain and you know working school um so I actually went out there originally to pursue a degree in exercise sports science because I wanted to be a physical therapist wow uh, yeah so that's actually why I ended up um there because of they had a really good program there and also you know the mountain nearby so I love to oh ski. yeah <laughs> oh yeah you get it oh yeah wait what's your favorite resort well, I was a snowbird gal for five years in a row, so I was pretty dedicated, but I also w went to Alta, uh, Park City, um, Deer Valley with like that, whatever that pass was that allowed you to do it all. Oh, um, yeah. It was like, you can have a few passes there, but where, where was your favorite resort? So I actually only ended up going to Park City and Canyons because I got an internship, which allowed me not to have time or a life or energy to ski. Yes, Goldman Sachs, right? Yep, yep. Wow, wow. memories. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and then uh, I actually got a knee injury the, the following season and had to refund my ski passes. I literally got my ski passes, got injured the second, like literally the weekend the resorts opened. Um, but I was supposed to go to Brighton. So I've only ever skied Park City and Canyons and I was destined to go to Brighton, but apparently not so. So oh. <laughs> well, you know, I know. Yeah. So I have the icon pass. So I kind of want to get out there and get a few days in out there if I can. Um, cause I feel like I've got some unfinished business. <laughs> 
Yeah, clearly. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, but okay, that's wild. Okay, so that so you yeah. started Bluebird Hats in the midst yeah. of all of this. So I um throughout college actually happened it started as a hobby my freshman year. I was just crocheting in the dorm. My um not my roommate, the girl next door and I became really good friends and she taught me how to crochet. And it kind of happened where my mom said, can you make me a hat? And I'm like, okay, sure. So I made her this pretty unique style hat. It originally had this like big felt heart on the side, which kind of was like my signature hat. And it was Kayla Page Designs at the time is what I kind of named it. And um, everyone in my hometown started asking for them. And so I'm in college and it kind of became like, a side business. It was really just like some side money. Um, I was working a part-time job, but I was really finding that this side hustle I had was kind of becoming something. I was like, Hmm, why am I going into exercise sports science? I really kind of like this business thing. Like, why don't I pursue a business degree and actually do something with this side hobby? So I, um, joined the operations management program, uh, the business school and I just kind of, it took off from there. Like I kind of went full on and, um, continued this kind of side hobby. Um, and then I was brought to Nashville cause my boyfriend now he moved there and he asked, you know, would you ever like, would you consider kind of doing this and moving to Nashville? And I was definitely hesitant because I've never even considered Tennessee in my entire mm -hmm. life being mm -hmm. from Oregon. Um, but I just, I took a leap of faith. I moved to Nashville. I worked for Warby Parker and I had my side hustle and it just kept like this, this now Bluebird Hats, it switched from Halo Page Designs to Bluebird Hats just kind of kept, you know, it just kind of kept itching at me. And I'm like, you know, I need to make this something like this is what I'm meant to do. And I need to really put all my time into it. And I decided, we decided to move back to Oregon because, I mean, you know how it is, like being mm. an entrepreneur, it's not glamorous. Um, it's not. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard not having a support system nearby. It's hard not having family nearby when you're trying to do, do the thing. So naturally, I wanted to be closer to my family. Um, I wanted to be where it all began and the mountains and the trees. I wanted to be in the Pacific Northwest. I knew this is where I wanted to end up and this is where I wanted to start my business. So that's why I'm here. Dang, that's awesome. I feel like that's so symbolic. And there's definitely something to be said about being in the environment where your creative genius can bloom the best. And, exactly. and you, like the environment is so important because it, I mean, you said it like dead on entrepreneurship is really hard. And <laughs> yeah. even with a business degree, it's still really hard. <laughs> I mean, business, it, I feel like going to college and it, it really teaches you how to learn and it teaches you how to retain information. And it definitely, yes, it taught me a lot, but at the end of the day, what really taught me how to run a business is actually running a business and actually doing it every day and actually Google searching things and, you know, like making mistakes. And I'm sure, you know, it's like, you can apply, you know, some things you learn from, from school, but the majority of it is just going after it and actually doing it. I am and like, <laughs> I, am, I am cheering and applausing inside so loud right now because you're seriously speaking so true to it because it's, it's just like what you said. It's like, you know, when you have that thing that just keeps eating at you 
And it's like, it keeps popping up in, in weird little corners. And cause I had the same thing happen to me with my personal training business. When I graduated college, I had every intention of going right back into analytics, like pretty much what I was doing at Goldman Sachs, but here in Colorado. And I interviewed with a bunch of places and I was just not stoked about it. I was like, I dreaded every single interview I wanted to go in. Even when I got an offer, I was like, oh, bummer. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I just, ca- it just kept biting at me. And so I went back to the gym just to like kill time and figure out what I was doing. And it just was like the, the natural next step was just to do it on my own. And yeah. And I totally wasn't sure I was going to do it online because like, as you know, like probably deciding between like trying to go into stores and trying to go into like brick and mortar versus online, like that's kind of a big decision. You have to decide what avenue you're going to go down. Um, And so, and so I was, I was honestly a little surprised that I ended up going online because, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's just wild because you can't predict the road that you're going to get taken on. And it it is a wild one and it's hard and it stresses you out, but it's also so rewarding to learn so much. Yeah. I mean, it really is all about, um, you know, like trusting that process and knowing that like, if, like you, you said, like, if you know that you might, like, if you feel in your heart, I don't want to take this job. Like this doesn't, this doesn't make this doesn't fulfill me. You need to really question that and really like think deep down. You get one life. Like, do you want to spend it punching in numbers working for the big band? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to spend it building something for yourself that you can look back on and be like, wow, that was freaking tough. Like I cried my eyes out some nights. I also (laughs) jumped up and down because I did all this on my own. Like it's really just like at the end of the day, what do you want to do with your life? And if you know that there's somewhere else you need to be and somewhere else you need to put your energy into, then I think you need to trust that, you know? Oh yeah. And I mean, um, I know, you know, I know, you know, but oh, I'm, I'm yeah. seeing other people <laughs> like if you're out there and you, you know, you know that you need to put your energy somewhere else or you just have that itch. Oh yeah. You've got to follow that pull. You have to, you yeah. have to, you have to, you have like a responsibility to. Because you do, you do, you do. Yeah. It's like yeah. what you're meant to do. It's like how you impact other people and how you make a difference is that right. thing that is pulling you. It's not right. what is always generally accepted by society. I can definitely vouch that my parents have had the, uh, why aren't you using your degree topic uh, right. many times. Um, <laughs> right. But sometimes you do, you just got to walk into it blind. And for like a type A person like me, it's, that is uncomfortable and weird, but it's, you kind of have to just like, take that leap of faith, just like you said. And, um, I know a lot of my listeners have expressed interest in starting their own online shop, be it like apparel or art or, um, something on Etsy or whatever. So what would you say are like, you know, the steps necessary to start up a shop online? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say, first of all, um, you got to decide on your product Um, whether that be, you know, artwork or whether that be apparel, or like you said, um, what are you selling? Like, how are you going to provide value? Um, what is going to make your product stand out and really kind of think through that? Like, what are you trying to sell? Um, from there, it's not very complicated. Honestly, you need to, I really think like the most important way to know if you have a good product or you have something worth investing your money, investing your time into is 
giving away your product to friends and family to see if they like it um, and if they would wear it. Because for example, like if your friends and family, this might sound harsh, but if they're not voluntarily like using your product or wearing it or, you know, whatever it may be, it's probably not going to be successful because at the end of the day, your friends and family, you know, they're going to be the first ones to support you. Usually like if, if I'm selling hats, for example, and I ask my friends to post for me on Instagram, they'll probably do it. But at the end of the day, if they're not wearing my hats and they have them right there, then I know maybe it's not the best product, mm. you know, or asking for that feedback, like, how can I make this better? But really testing it out on the, your close circle, I think is a very important kind of first initial step. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, because, you know, I just, I feel like sometimes people jump the gun and they want to just get their product out on the market. They want to make their website. They want to invest all this money. And at the end of the day, they didn't, they haven't really asked themselves, like, where is this going to go? Like, who's going to buy this? Do people want this? Is it just me that, you know, so I think really is really being open to feedback in the very beginning and not being offended by it. And really just like asking your friends and family, you know, what they think. Yeah, absolutely. I think you said a a really good point of like kind of giving it away for free at first, just to kind of feel it out, try it on. And, um, cause I did the same thing with my fitness business before I launched online. I took on a group of beta testers just to see if this could even be a thing. Um, I think that's important to kind of take that kind of weighed in moment and try it out first before you just like go head on in because, you know, there is a lot of risk if you're trying to really like do something for real. Um, and you want to make sure that you have, you know, a little bit of your bases covered, like something that I don't know how into the entrepreneurship community you get into on like social media, but there's a lot of talk about like, you just got to jump in and do it. And it's like, no, you don't, (laughs) you have to, you have to cover a little bit of your bases and fit and, and have a little bit of a foundation before you just like send it because there is a lot of risk to starting it up. Exactly. And I, I think the biggest mistake that people that I've seen people make and I've wanted to make myself and I've had people who talk to me about it is not, is not being okay with taking baby steps. I mean, for example, I've been building this kind of brand, you know, starting at Kayla Page Designs for now it's been almost six years. I haven't really gone bigger until this year and I'm still so small, but it's really taking those baby steps and being okay with, you know, little stepping stones. You are making progress. And I think, um, you know, going all in, getting a loan out for 10 grand and buying a bunch of t-shirts so you don't know if they're going to sell. I wouldn't say that's the smartest thing to do. I think starting with a batch of 20, you know, seeing if people, you know, whatever your product is, whether you're making them, it's a little different. It's hard to get 10,000 handmade hats, for example, but whether you're making them or not, um, starting out with small batches, finding out who your target market is, who wants your product, you know, like, are you selling to females, males? Are you selling to both? What, what age group are you selling to? You know, what are their general interests? Um, so I think it's really, that kind of goes into my next step is creating a business plan and a vision for your business. So really, what are you trying to achieve? Like, how are you going to do it? Um, who are your competitors in the market? You know, if you, you kind of need to evaluate, like, 
how easy is it to enter into this market that you're in? You know, if you're making t-shirts, how do they stand out from the t-shirts at the store next to you? Does that make sense? Like, how are you going to differentiate your product in any way to stand out in the market and also not be super easy to enter into the market? Absolutely. And just like a general sense of there are no overnight successes. Like a lot of people that are running successful businesses right now have been doing it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> like exactly. come on, people. Um, I want to get some like technical tips um, for yeah. my audience. Like what, um, you know, what sites do you recommend yeah. like running the online shop through? Do you have yeah a preferred, um, transaction site, anything like that, any tips you want to give on that? Absolutely. So first and foremost, start on, um, get your brand on all social medias. Well, most importantly, Instagram and Facebook, just get your brand on there, um, first and start promoting before you even get a website to do transactions, just start posting content every day. Yes. Start sharing your business, start having your friends and family share your business and your posts and just get the word out there. From there, I definitely suggest Shopify. Nice. Um, I think it's a really, yeah, I think it's a really easy uh, way to do online business and e-commerce. I just think it's super user-friendly. They have pretty great templates. Um, they have a lot of integration tools. I just, I've been very happy with Shopify and I've used a couple different um, websites. Uh, platform. So I would recommend Shopify. Um, let me see here. If you're doing handmade products, like at first, um, I probably would have gone on Etsy when I was a little bit smaller. Like if I was, when I was in college, I probably should have put my items on Etsy. Um, so if you just want to sell a few items here and there, Etsy is a really great option. But if you kind of want to level it up a little bit, I would do Shopify. Nice. Yeah. Perfect. That's good stuff. Um, can you talk a little bit about branding? You did, um, you touched on it a little bit by like getting on platforms and posting content. Um, how, how does one brand a physical product? Do you have any like unique hashtags or do you think there's like, you know, certain ways that you need to, um, you know, curate your photos, like to yeah. really highlight that that product is your product and that's what you're selling. Like just some tips on branding. Absolutely. So our unique hashtag is travel and be nice. It's our mantra. Um, it all kind of originated from Marcus's. Um, he's actually my boyfriend who is also, um, the co-founder of the business. Now he's been helping me, um, throughout the past couple of years with the business. So his uncle, his last, his final days actually in the hospital, Marcus visited him. And he said, there's a couple things you need to remember in life, and that's to travel and be nice to people. And Marcus came home uh, after he visited him and was like, Kayla, travel and be nice. Like, that's Bluebird. It's traveling, be nice. I'm like, oh my God, that's Bluebird. So it kind of just came to us. Epiphany. <laughs> it really was. And it was just kind of like, this is our brand. Like, it's traveling and being nice to people. And that's what we want to portray through everything. Um, so I think deciding on, yeah, your mantra, your mission statement, um, your logo, obviously we use freelancer. That's a really good website, uh, for, for getting logos designed for you. 
I think we paid like maybe $75 or maybe a hundred at most to get our logo made. And we had over a hundred entries from people all over the world competing. Wow. So freelancer.com, this is not an ad, <laughs> but they, <laughs> not sponsored, <laughs> not sponsored, but they are, it's pretty awesome. So we, we had our bluebird logo made. Um, and I think just creating your brand. So a brand, you know, a brand doesn't happen overnight. A brand is years of building, um, building your business from the ground. A brand takes years. Um, I think the difference between that people kind of confuse is marketing that's sales and that's quick. Um, but a brand takes years mm. of building and it's okay. Like a lot of people say you need to have your set colors. Like you need to have your set um, everything needs to be consistent in this, the aesthetic, like that can change over time. Um, but generally, yeah, you want to have like, you have your logo and like, I look at Bluebird and it's, um, it's modern and it's clean, but there's also a travel aesthetic to it. That's kind of rustic. And I also include a lot of nature and trees and the wilderness. So that's what I want my brand to represent. And it can vary over time, but generally that's Bluebird. I also, when I think of a brand and I think this is kind of important, um, it's creating like the voice behind your brand, almost like a person. So like, if you think of like, when I think of Bluebird hats, I think of someone who is adventurous and outgoing. I think they're kind and welcoming. Like they're eager to hop on the next plane to go anywhere new but they're also enjoying like the everyday journeys of life and not just the big exciting things. So it's kind of like creating a personality behind like an actual person behind your brand. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think you did a good job of explaining like a brand is really a reputation and it's something you build. It's not right. something you sell. And that's, I think a massive, massive difference from like marketing because you can market something totally different, but a brand is not something like you definitely don't like if you were selling hats, you wouldn't be like selling the hat based on like, you know, Oh, like you have to be adventurous to buy this hat. Like, no, you, you, you describe that the people who wear your hats, the people who buy those hats are those types of people. And that's how, yeah, I, I get, yeah, it's right. You just yeah, it's it way like, better than I just did. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you, everything you're saying is correct. Like, yeah, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be this world traveler to wear hats, but it's kind of like people who want to be, people who want to be known as someone who's outdoorsy and likes the outdoors, who, who wants to travel, who wants to feel like they're that person. It's yeah, kind of like, like they're aspiring. The yeah. Yeah. They want to be that person. So, um, but yeah, it's kind of, it's, you know, you do an amazing job of establishing your brand. Like when I think of your brand, the fit trials, I think of it as something that's attainable. I think that's something that is really hard, like, especially in the fitness industry, it's so hard looking at all those fitness influencers and looking at their page because it just doesn't feel real. And I don't care how many people are saying, you know, trying to <laughs> relate to the masses and say that they are a real human and they do eat cookies. Like, it just doesn't come off that way like yours does. Thank yours yeah no I mean you should know this so it's like it's very you're very authentic and that's consistent and you're also straight to the point you're like you can eat the damn cookie if you want to eat the damn cookie like it's it's you know it's facts like you're spitting facts you're not you know I love I don't know what I was stalking on you but how you say I hate protein shakes 
I hate like, them. They're bad. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> I'm like, this is the first like fitness influencer, like, you know, on Instagram that has ever said that, like dared to say that. Yeah. Like really, I think everything you're doing, keep doing it because this is your brand. Like you are fitness authenticity. Like you are the, the real deal. You are attainable and you can make it attainable for anyone. So keep it up. You're already building your brand. Oh my God. Thank you so much. It's been, it's been wild because it, I just launched this in August and literally like probably just for like eight months before August was when I was preparing everything else. And since then there's been a lot of changes. And so I I actually, I never even really thought about what, like, I, I, I couldn't tell you what my brand is, (laughs) but I bet, but I bet you like my clients and like the people that follow me could maybe describe it. But I, but I totally can't. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm going up and trying to provide value. But it's also very different when it's like a personal brand versus a, a product brand. I feel like there's a lot of differences in how you, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you are the brand. Like, that's what it comes down to. You yourself are the yeah. brand. Um, so yeah, there definitely are differences. But I think, and it's easy to probably, like, you're so... Um, micro right now and everything you're doing like you're working on all your clients like you're working on all the little nitty gritty details of your brand that sometimes it's hard to look at the macro and be like wait what what do I represent you know what I mean it's like you're putting all the puzzle pieces together it's me who needs to look from the outside and kind of you know the person the people like that are watching you on social every day. Like you, you probably don't know how many people are watching you on social every day and looking at your work and no, it's just like, yeah, well, I don't know. I'm looking at you every day and I'm loving everything that you're doing. I look forward to your stories and that's, that's awesome. Like that's, that's really cool. Cause it means that like, I'm a big advocate for, I mean, I try to not follow like the rinky dinky influencers that I feel like are just talking a bunch of crap. I feel like that's really harsh, but I'm pretty selective and I love looking at your posts every day. Like it's very inspiring. So, Oh my gosh. Thank you so much that I, it honestly mind blows. It mind blows, blows my mind, (laughs) whatever the correct way it is to say that. Um, I I've had people like just over the holidays, like come up and be like, I see your posts on Facebook. Like, I love it. And I'm like, I didn't even remember we were friends on Facebook and not an insult. I just (laughs) had no idea. But isn't that the best feeling in the world? Just to know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, the amount of messages that I've received that have just, I mean, like I've been just brought to tears with some of them. I'm just, I can't believe that I'm impacting people from the computer. Like it's just wild. See, that makes it worth it though. Like at the end of the day, these struggles, like that is what makes it worth it. Like just one, one person saying something to you, even in one month, just like one comment like that can make it all worth it. So, oh, and, and you're someone who cares a lot about fitness and health as well. I actually like, this is going to be so weird, but one time you and I were both at the student life center Mm -hmm. at the same time. And I totally saw you and your friend doing the Kayla Atsinas, like, (laughs) guide, and I was like, oh my God, I'm doing that guide too. Like I'm on week seven and I was like. Were we all? Wasn't every girl in America doing that guide together? Everybody was on those. Like, uh, oh my god! And I was listening to your podcast. I was listening to one where you were talking about how you were religiously doing that and following the meal plan. And I I followed part of her meal plan. Um, 
but yeah, I was definitely doing that for a while, getting a little addictive to the Kayla. Oh. <laughs> Bro, I literally made a fitness account. This was my first ever fitness Instagram. It is long gone now, but yeah. I literally, it was, I think it was literally called like Tori Murphy BBG or something. <laughs> I was obsessed. It was a mess, but <laughs> I'm not judging you. I mean, we were all there. I mean, oh. all my friends had, it. we were all passing around the book. Don't tell her, but basically, you know, it was so funny. Like we were all on on that grind. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. She was like my just idol. Like I was like, she knows everything about she fitness. Like, everything. I just must learn from her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yep. she's Australian. So like she was totally like an expert. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. The accent makes them experts immediately. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I wanted to know like, what's your, so it's been many years since Kayla had seen us. So, <laughs> yes. so actually favorite training style. <laughs> yeah. 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 So she really got me, um, kind of into before that I was doing a lot of weights. The first time I ever really went to the gym and worked out besides like high school sports, um, was with my early on college boyfriend. He kind of taught me how to lift and I was doing a lot of manly lifts. Like I know there's no such thing as like manly lifts, but I guess I don't really know how to explain it. I'm not an expert. This is your, this is your field, <laughs> but I was doing, I feel like I was doing all of his workouts that weren't really curated to mm -hmm. me. Yep. Very so I, right. So I was just kind of following him. Didn't really know what I was doing. Like I would go to the gym and I had no idea like what an arm day or leg day was. So I would do like calf lifts and then I would do like, um, bicep curls. I'm like, what am I doing? Like I would do any machine I saw. I had no idea what was going on. So then I got into, um, Kayla's program one summer and I got into, you know, circuit training. So I've kind of incorporated now um, circuit with weightlifting. I obviously am a lot more knowledgeable in that realm, but a lot of uh, weightlifting, a little bit of circuit training, not as much, and definitely enjoy a good Stairmaster session before my workout as well. So in the gym, that's what I like. Outside of the gym, um, hiking, skiing, uh, but I definitely need my gym session. Like I'm pretty, I need that for, I think to be uh, a sane person mm -hmm. with this entrepreneurship grind. I need to sweat it out in the morning. So yeah. Oh man. I am not a morning workout person. It's like I told, <laughs> I've, I've told my clients, like some, yeah. sometimes I think people get in their heads. They're like, I have to work out early in the morning because that's what right. a person does. And right. I'm like, I cannot lift a pencil when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> So that's the myth though. Like you can work out anytime. <laughs> I'm like, I am not going to be lifting more than 10 pounds. Yeah. No, 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 no. So what time are you, what, when do you normally work out? Oh man, I'm an, I'm an evening owl. Like usually okay. I try to get it before dinner because I like to eat a lot of food for dinner. So, yeah. um, I usually get in like right around five is when I go, which is kind of a bummer because that's when everybody else goes, but I go to like right. a quiet gym. So it's not too bad, but I, and that's like my optimal time because I need to like eat all day. So I have the right amount of energy. I think that the problem I have when I work out in the morning is I haven't had enough food. And so my lift is just weak. Right. Like I am weak. <laughs> right. Hey, I mean, at least you know your body and, yes. and you're well, able to adapt to that. Yeah, it's like knowing your non-negotiables. Like, can I do this? Can I not do this? Like, do the things you can do. Don't do the things you can't do. That's really all. Yeah, it is. exactly. <laughs> I'm with you, girl. 
I don't, I don't like my morning workouts, but my schedule lately has been making it. Sometimes sometimes it's just like, ah, so I've just been, yeah, it's been my morning grind lately, but luckily, um, my boyfriend, Marcus, he, he gets up with me. He, we do different workouts, but he kind of gets me out of bed and puts the coffee on for me. Yeah. Support <laughs> is everything. And that is a good is <laughs> Yep. Yep. So I always like to, uh, ask my guests this million dollar question, um, what trials of fitness they have been put through in whatever capacity in physical fitness, mental, emotional fitness, what is something big that you've had to overcome that you feel comfortable sharing and how did you do it? Yeah, I, um, like you have mentioned in, um, one of your podcasts actually that I listened to, I experienced the whole college. Uh, I don't know if I gained a lot of weight. I just got very like squishy mm-hmm. and swollen, I think from alcohol all the time. Well, <laughs> I, I remember that very, very vividly for me. You know what I mean? Where you just felt puffy almost. Yeah. Um, so I experienced definitely um, a bit of a shock when I went home from Thanksgiving and I'm, I'm just, it was only three months when I really like it sophomore year was like definitely my wake up call, but even like a few months from August to Thanksgiving, like I already started to feel a shift in my body. Cause I was always that person that could eat whatever they wanted in high school. Like I, I, you know, I played a couple sports skiing and uh, lacrosse. So it kept me active, but I never had an issue with food. I never had an issue, um, with, staying lean and looking lean and feeling confident until college. So that really put me through the ringer and I was doing the Kayla program and it kind of, I kind of got into a a little bit of a, went down a little rabbit hole with that. Um, Mm -hmm. and I got really into it and I was like, wow, I'm so lean. It was like my, my sophomore after sophomore year that summer. And I was probably eating like 1200 calories a day and doing her program and just like looking so great. And at the end of the day, after that summer, I'm like, okay, this is not attainable. Like I I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Mm -hmm. And I, it, I felt like if I didn't run 60 minutes every single day or on the elliptical and then do one of her programs, like I felt like I was going to be off my rocker and it was driving me insane. So been there. <laughs> I well, when you were talking about that, I was like, I used to think this program was so incredible, and I looked back at it and I was like, yeah, maybe she did. She never said like run an hour a day plus my program. She never, you know. But when you mentioned like the fifteen hundred calorie, yeah, you know, kind of thing, like this is what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how many people it messed with, how many women, oh, like that program. So many, so many, I'm sure, because it literally, I remember sitting on the floor of my bedroom one time, like my nasty, like basement apartment in Salt Lake, mm-hmm. like the carpets probably had never been washed. And I was sitting there and I bent over and I, for once in my life, did not have like a fat roll on my stomach. And I was like, I felt like amazing about that, but I was like, I dreaded every single workout. And I dreaded the little bits of food that I had to eat. And I would like never go out and never eat pizza. And like, I was that person that would go out to eat with her friends and be like, oh, I ate before. Like, I'm not hungry. And it was just, it was horrible. (laughs) Well, it's just not a way to live. And I think at the end of the day, it's like, uh, at the end of the day, like that, you just, you're, you're not going to be able to sustain a lifestyle like that. And I think it was like my biggest realization, um, 
was, yeah, I could be like super lean and dedicate two hours at the gym every day and do this program every single day in my life. But is this going to fulfill me? And I think it was just really educating myself like about fitness and really like, you know, getting in trusting different fitness. Um, I don't want to say influencers, um, but I'm, I'm, I did a little bit more research, you know, outside of the Kayla program. And I finally got to a comfortable place and a better relationship with food. I think that was my biggest thing. But I um, finally got to a place where, where I, I think most women, um, I don't want to speak for most women, but most women do at some point in their life struggle with being comfortable and um, I guess, yeah, comfortable with intuitively eating and um, choosing the right foods on a day-to-day basis and not feeling guilty. And that's definitely something like, I feel like I work through every day. Like, I don't think that's ever going to go away where, you know, like, I think um, it is something that I will always work on, if that makes sense, just like with myself. Like, I think I've never, I've never had like any eating disorder, um, but I've definitely, I mean, I guess you could say obsessively working out, um, whatever that is, but I definitely got down a rabbit hole and I've become a lot more comfortable in with my body um, and just being better to myself and realizing like, I'm a freaking human being. I'm not a workout machine. Like there's more life than the gym. So yes. Yes. Oh, that is a good point. Like I feel like a lot of people, we treat our bodies like they are machines. <laughs> yeah like we just man we're so hard on ourselves yeah dude like give yourself some grace we're so hard on ourselves eat the damn cookie once in a while but yeah I think I mean I didn't mean to say that I will never be comfortable with that but I think there's always like you know you're always occasionally gonna feel guilty eating that oh yeah piece of cake you're always gonna feel something and it's just kind of reminding yourself like getting yourself out of that funk getting yourself out of that stupid mindset you know that tomorrow's another day tomorrow's another workout like that 100 percent i i still have like binge eating tendencies like yeah oh yeah 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 i'm with you like it's hard yeah and we're all just human and it's so it's so easy to like let those failures and let those setbacks like take over our minds. And I, I talk with my clients about this on a weekly basis because things come up every single week, every, almost every single day, like decisions that you have to make and not every single one is going to be perfect. But I think you did a great job of, of coming out of that and like just really right. explaining concisely. Like it's a lot of it is like giving yourself forgiveness. Educating yourself is massive. That, that was the biggest thing for me was just like getting smart, like getting right. smart about it. Cause I like, I am not someone who likes to, uh, I don't miss much and I don't like to <laughs> be not the smartest person in the room. So I, yeah. try, <laughs> I try my absolute hardest to be really, really knowledgeable and be an, an expert in the things that I like to do. And, um, you're probably the same way, but it's, it's educating yourself and just knowing what you're doing and why you're doing it helps immensely. Absolutely. Exactly. And like doing a little more research, like why 1500 calories a day, Kayla? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Like, is is that for everyone? Like should six foot five and someone who's be 
eating 1500 calories? Like, no. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I was kind of doing what you were doing. Like I was following her meal plan. I was like, oh, an egg white omelet and then a smoothie and then a light salad. And I'm like, this is like all equaling out to be about oh, <laughs> You know what the worst thing in that whole meal plan was? Was those weird like rye bread cracker. Oh, yes. Oh, my, those tasted like yes. cardboard. But I was like, Kayla Zenas eats it. So I have yes. to eat it. <laughs> I thought that was like the holy grail. Like I thought that was my way to eating bread oh and I, I eat them and I'm like this does it tastes like a stale piece of cardboard they it were did. horrible I was like there's no way she eats this <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh it's so honestly it's so great to talk to someone about this who yeah I was like <laughs> none of my friends like really did it. like I knew a lot of other girls were doing it but no one in like my immediate friend group was doing it and so and I just remember like dreading the there was like some challenge days where like you had to do like just an obscene amount of exercises and I remember finishing it in an hour one time but I was like I I was not sure I was gonna make it out of the student life center <laughs> I was like I laid on the floor for so long but it was so funny because like this girl came up to me afterwards and she was like she was like, oh my gosh, like, do you train people? Like, I saw you working out and like, you looked like you were doing a really like awesome workout. And I was like, no, like, <laughs> no, dude, like you don't have any idea what I just did. <laughs> I just went through hell over there. I'm dying. I just, I, it's amazing. We're talking right now. <laughs> oh, we're still here. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. Oh, I, I, I will mention really quick before I forget my, and went off on a Kayla tangent. Um, uh, I did dislocate my shoulder. So that has been a very big setback oh. lately in the gym. So I've been like customizing workouts and I'm waiting to get my surgery here in a couple of months. So that oh, will be you big. have to get surgery. I have to get surgery. Oh. Um, I dislocated it originally windsurfing and the second time was, um, box jumping. So it, three years later, mind you three oh. years later box jumping and it flew out in the air literally flew out of my arm and was like stuck above my head basically oh um, my in the so I created a scene a big no. scene. <laughs> I was that person <laughs> I, no I was I was that person Marcus oh. was there my dad was randomly there at the same time that doesn't happen and they both popped it in in place and all the guys are like looking over me from the dumbbells and are just like, who is this psycho girl on the ground? Like screaming. That was me. So oh yeah. My God. Just casually getting your plate, your shoulder oh. placed. In. Oh yeah. Just casually getting it jammed. Like wasn't going in. It was just, just a scene. Another, another day at the gym. <laughs> it, yeah. It was another day at the gym. So <laughs> I would say that that has been another big setback. It's kind of mm -hmm. like and that was actually the reason why I stopped the Kayla program because wow. of that shoulder thing. Um, so it was kind of like, I went through this crazy workout phase then I went through like a huge setback. And now mm -hmm. I'm in like this moderating my workouts and kind of getting into a healthy, healthier mindset about working out and being okay with the setback and being okay with recovering and getting a surgery and recovering and working on myself again. So mm -hmm. that would be like, yeah, that, those are my fit trials. Dang, dude. Those, man, I, if you talk to any athlete who's ever had a serious injury, it is, it takes a toll mentally. Like mm. I, I feel that man, best of luck to that recovery. I mean, you too, you were there. So yeah. you it. it's yeah. hard. It's like, you feel like your 
behind, but you just, you, it, you are the most important thing. You know, it's like, you got to take care of yourself first. Your, your yeah. body is going to be there for you later. You're going to be able to hit the gym again. Mm-hmm. And Hey, I'm talking to myself right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Listening to my own advice. It's a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. It's I when when I had my knee surgery, I was out for nine months and they told me like when I, when I walked in after my surgery, um, they were checking to see if I had like any movement whatsoever in my leg. And I laid flat on the table and he, he just asked me to like lift my leg, just like up off the table, like three inches. And my leg didn't move an inch. Oh my God. I like, I felt paralyzed. It was the most panicked like feeling I'd ever felt. And he was like, yeah, like you can't run anymore. And like running was my vice at that time. Like I was a soccer player, like running was my escape and he was like, you can't run anymore. Like it takes a toll on you. That's awful. Especially if you're like an athlete participant. So you were playing soccer at the time. Yeah. Like- yeah. I, I had got my injury at soccer practice, like an off, oh, season, no. off season practice right before Christmas break. And no. two days before Christmas, I got surgery. <laughs> that is awful. God. But Hey, like, look at you now. Yeah. Here you are. Oh, you're yeah. killing it. And now you yeah. can like, and you can look on it too and be like, wow, that was a hardship I had to endure. And now I know I can endure anything else. Like, anything else and your your shoulder I mean shoulders I I feel like shoulders can sometimes have a really quick recovery so I feel like yours will be I hope mine does it wasn't a full uh labrum tear it but it was three it's like uh it's like three quarters because I did it twice Mm. um so it tore more but yeah I'm hoping for a speedy recovery and hoping towards the end of summer to to start training again. But yeah, I mean, I'm the kind of person where I'll be having to go on walks or I'm going to go insane. Like yeah. I'm going to be doing some walks. I'll probably do a little body squats here and there. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. But you know, the beauty of it is like, it pushes you to try other things that yeah. you would normally try. So maybe there's like something beautiful that will come out of it. Hey, there you go. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> where can the, where can the good people find you on social? Where can they buy your hats? Where can they find oh. you? <laughs> Um, well, so it's bluebirdhats.com, but that's the website, but online, um, our Instagram is bluebird.hats and speaking of hats, Tori, I would love to give you a hat because I need to see your beautiful face in a bluebird bikini. So go online, text me, um, today, tomorrow, whenever, and let me know which one you want. Oh, you got it. I will market the shit out of it. (laughs) Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Like, I'm so happy we finally got to talk, honestly. Oh, me too. I'm like, I want to do another one. (laughs) I know. Well, I want to actually hang out because, like, this is too far away. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe when I'm in Colorado, I'll call it Come down. Denver is a a freaking blast. Like, we can go Uh, skiing if you're you're good to ski with your shoulder. It would be a fucking blast. Oh, well, you're always welcome in Oregon. And, hey, so great to talk to you, like I said. And, like, if you ever want to talk business, you know where to find me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. A little little mastermind. That would be so sick. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love it. And, hey, I'm going to be hitting you up for fitness tips soon. Perfect. Do it. Do it, dude. Awesome. Thank you again. Yes. Thank you so much. And guys, you guys can find all of these social media links and attachments and show notes, all that good stuff down below. And thank you guys for tuning in.